0: Like to welcome you to Fort of Elkhorn. Thank you for taking time out of your busy season to worship with us today. And I'm so grateful that we are beginning this service with believers' baptism. I'm so grateful today that Margaret Pennington comes to be baptized. grateful that a couple of Sundays ago Margaret came forward on her profession of faith and now following through believers baptism and you know Margaret shared if it's okay for me to share the devil was working trying to talk her out of doing this today and she said you know with the sick child and other things going on but she said you know what I'm going to do it anyway and the devil didn't have any victory today but she came on to be baptized Margaret, we're so proud of you. This is the greatest decision any of us can make when we give our lives to Christ and follow through believers' baptism. So, Margaret, I ask you, as I do everyone that enter into these waters, is Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And upon your profession of faith in him, I baptize you my sister, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Today is also a special time as we celebrate Advent. For the last four weeks, we've been lighting a candle around our Advent wreath. The first candle, we lit the candle of hope, and then we lit the candle of peace. Last week was the candle of joy, and today we light the candle of love. so grateful that Sky and Joy and Tingle are coming, part of the Tingle family. To light the candle of love. You know, in First John 4, 16, it says, God is love. And in verse 19, it says, we love because he first loved us. So we are so grateful for the great love of God. Thank you, Scott and Joanne, for lighting the candle of love. And I'm going to invite you at this time to go to the Lord in prayer with me. Father, we thank you for this glorious day. We thank you for Margaret's profession of faith and following through with believer's baptism. Would you bless her, God, not only on this day, but all the days of her life, put a hedge of protection around her, that the devil would have no glory or victory in her life, heal her little girl, sick today, that she would feel better and bless her family and friends who are here. Lord, we're grateful for the Tingle family and what they mean to us, and we thank you for their willingness to light the candle of love. May it be an expression of your love for us and our love for you. Lord, we pray that if there are any folks here today who don't know Jesus Christ or people watching do not know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that they might come to know you personally this day, for we love you and we commit this service to you, in Jesus' name, amen. We would like to welcome each and every one of you here today. If this is your first time worshiping with us you are our special guest and i invite you if this is your first time to go by the welcome center after the service and pick up a small gift as a token of our love and appreciation for you being here but we pray that you would feel the holy spirit the presence of the lord in this place and that today might be a sweet time of fellowship and worship with you and our lord but at this time i'm going to invite everyone to stand and tell someone you're glad to see them every day. Could you do that?
1: Standing as we sing, Angels, we have heard on high. i
0: Now continue to worship with us as our praise team leads. Thank you. You may be seated. We are so grateful, again, that you're here today. And again, welcome those of you who are watching with us on YouTube or on Facebook Live. I'm so grateful that we can sing glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill to all men. And we have come to worship and to glorify the only one who's worthy to be praised, the only one who's worthy to be worshiped. And I'm so thankful that every week we have a time where if you're in this place, you can come to this altar to pray. Certainly if you're watching, you can pray wherever you are and it, it can become your altar. I know we have folks watching like the Pinkstons in Jerusalem at the prayer center who watch every week. We have people watching in other states and people who are unable to get out right here in our own communities. But I'm grateful That we have come to worship. I'm going to invite you if you're in this place and you feel led to come and kneel at this altar or you can stand or you can stand from wherever you are. I invite you to come join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? pray together God how great you are you really are a great and mighty God but Lord I know in our praise and our adoration there are people hurting there are people grieving there are people in pain Lord we understand this is the first Christmas for some without their loved one. Father, we've had so many losses this past week, and Lord, I pray that you would bring comfort to each one, the Howell's family, the LeCount family, the, the Garrison and, and Bibb family, the Lynn family, the Hall family, the, the Wash and Welch family, oh God, the the Stevens family. There are so many losses this week. Oh God, would you wrap your arms around them and comfort them. Gently kiss away their tears of grief and pain and bring them a comfort and a peace that only you can give. Father, there are others today that are awaiting surgeries, procedures, treatments. Lord, I received a text this morning from Jeannie Mitchell asking for prayers for Gary who has a procedure on Wednesday. We pray that you would anoint him and bring him safely through. Father, I pray for others who are going through treatments or again recovering from surgeries. We trust God that you are the great healer and the great physician. Heal them, God. Lord, there are families under attack today. And I pray, God, that you would hedge them with your protection, shield them from the evil one and the fiery darts and arrows that are trying to divide and destroy family. Oh, God, may you reign supreme and bring healing in these relationships and victory through Jesus Christ. Father, there's some people here today that have turned to drugs to comfort them. And many times we see a spike during the holiday season of people that battle chemical dependency. Lord, I pray that you would deliver them from addiction and draw them to you. Again, may Satan have no victory in their lives. Father, there's some people battling depression and loneliness Lift that fog, lift that pain, and comfort them, God. Strengthen them, I pray. And Father, we just pray for folks that have never accepted Christ, that today many might acknowledge their sin, ask for forgiveness, and invite you to come in to be their Lord and Savior, and they might follow through believers' baptism like Margaret did, and and Lord, like Sarah Webb did at the early service, and I pray, God, that there would be many others to come to Christ. Father, continue to bless this country and protect us from evil. Bless our leaders with wisdom. Protect our military, Guide many who are away from their families this Christmas season. Bless them, I pray, and protect them Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit now would continue to move through this service, that you would sing and play through our musicians and instrumentalists in just a moment, and God, you would speak through your word and through your servant. For we love you, Lord, and we need you. Have your way through this service, I pray, in the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to First Peter chapter 4? And let me just share. this is a passage that we've shared together in past times, but it's one that I felt was very appropriate for today. And uh, I'm grateful that the choir, part of the choir, is coming to lead us in a song uh, that my brother Tim, I think, who's leading, wrote several years ago. And it was in their program. And I appreciate Tim filling in today. I know Bill asked Tim and then uh, uh, Ricky Powell, one of our choir members, to lead the next couple of services. And, and then I that you would continue to be in prayer for us as we seek God's person for that position. But today, if you have your Bible, we'll be reading out of First Peter 4, verses 7 and 8. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love, covers covers over a multitude of sins this is the word of the lord and blessed be the name of the lord Thank you all for leading so beautifully, and thank you again for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. I always like to share a little humor, and and the key word is little, a little humor. Maybe you all heard the story about the baby that was born in China recently, and this baby was born several weeks before the due date, so the parents named the baby suddenly, suddenly. Suddenly. Suddenly, okay, I don't think my mic is on, check, test, test. You know, Christmas is coming suddenly, isn't it? Christmas is upon us. This is the last week before Christmas. The hustle and bustle has kicked into overdrive. I mean, we have last-minute shopping to do or first-minute shopping to do. We have parties to attend. We have cookies to bake, cards to send, family to be seen. This is a busy and hectic season. But through it all, we all, I hope, understand that Jesus is the reason for the season. I mean, we have come to celebrate Jesus Christ. God's expression of love to the world Is when he sent his son Jesus Christ into the world in the form of a tiny baby. Our expression of love to God is when we accept the gift of Jesus Christ and his love and share that gift with others. And it's my prayer today that we would come to experience the great love of God in our hearts and in our lives. In our scripture reading today, which again is familiar maybe to some, new to others, we see Peter writing a letter to the church that had been scattered, persecuted because of their faith in Jesus Christ. This letter has been called a letter of suffering, a letter of separation, and a letter of persecution. Let me just stop right there for a minute. I'd be willing to say some of you here today or watching today Are suffering through something right now it might be grief it might be a relationship struggle it might be depression it might be an addiction it might be financial someone is suffering today I guarantee you somebody is suffering and then it says that it's a letter of separation I guarantee you there's some of you all here and you're separated you're separated from a family member you're separated from a friend There's been bitterness and anger. You're going through separation. And then persecution. I shared just a few weeks ago what Jesus shared with his disciples. He said, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. So we all understand that. We go through suffering and we go through separation and we go through persecution. But then here's the good news. The good news is that this letter is also a letter of hope. It's a letter of courage. It's a letter of glory. So it's my prayer today that whatever you're going through, the good, the bad, the happy, the sad, the ugly, the pretty, that you would come to understand that God has given us this gift of love so that we might have our lives transformed to be more like him. And so how can we apply this love to our lives? Well, Peter said in 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled of sober mind so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love, covers over a multitude of sins. So the first thing we need to come to understand that this love must be a priority. It must be a priority above all. He he was making it a point that above all else, everything else, that we must have this love in our hearts. Isn't that what Jesus made clear when he was asked by the religious leaders Out of all the commandments, which is the greatest? Which is the most important? And remember what Jesus said. We share it all the time out of Mark chapter 12, verse 30. He said, the most important one, the greatest one is this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Do you love him that much? Do you really Love the Lord your God with everything you've got, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your soul, or you just love him a little bit. When we love him with everything we've got, our lives are transformed, and we feel his spirit working inside of us. And as a matter of fact, love is one of the fruits of the spirit. When we read in Galatians 5, but the fruit of the Spirit, the first fruit is love. And we are to allow that to be priority in our lives. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you or given unto you. I shared with you all recently, this isn't all the time, but this is many times when I meet with people and their lives are falling apart something's going on, I will ask them this question. Where is Jesus in your life? And more times than not, not every time, and I'm going to explain that in just a minute, but more times than not when I say, where's Jesus in your life? First thing happens, their head drops, and they begin to shake their head. And I understand right there that Jesus has not been priority in their lives. Jesus has been moved way down here and you wonder why everything else is falling apart because Jesus is at the bottom instead of the top where he deserves and wants to be. I want to ask you, where is Jesus in your life? Is he a priority? Or when you don't have anything else better to do, you might spend a little time in prayer. When Peter said the end of all things is near, well, he was talking about the end of time. Even then, talking about the end, talking about the return of Jesus Christ. And because the end is near, and he's a whole lot closer to coming back now, he said if it's that close to coming back, it should affect our actions, our attitudes, our relationships should be marked by love. We should be self-controlled and of sober mind, not tainted by the worldview but that we should be lights in a dark world sharing the light and love of of Jesus Christ. And Paul said in that great love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13 of chapter 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. That should be priority in our lives. I told you this past week, I hate it for so many families. Uh, we've gone through a gauntlet of funerals. So many losses right here. It's hard anytime, but right here at Christmas time, my heart goes out to all of you because it makes it even more challenging when you lose a loved one. This past Monday, I did the funeral of a 40 year old, Greg Hiles, and his brother Brian Hiles and his wife Stacy, their daughter Addison, Phyllis. Hiles, the mother of wonderful people. And after the funeral, I was in the foyer, and Brian Hiles, his brother, comes up to me, and he hugs me, and with tears in his eyes, he said, Todd, make sure that you tell your wife and your children and your family that you love them every day because we don't know if we'll have them tomorrow. And I said, you know, Brian, I try to do that every day. But thanks for reminding me I need to do that even more. I challenge you, and I I told you before, I've had people to tell me, we weren't brought up in a home where we told each other we loved. We just knew we loved each other. Or people say, we're not touchy-feely. You know, we never have been a hugging type. Well, I said, it's time to break the cycle. People need to hear you love them, and you need to show them that you love them. I mean, I chased my wife around the house. (laughs) Just kidding. She's keeping the nursery, so I could say that, but anyway. But I'm saying we need to show one another and tell them, even though if it's out of your comfort zone. And guess what? Not only tell our, our wives or our husbands or our children, but we need to tell the Lord we love him every day. Doesn't he deserve to hear that? I mean, in 1944, there was a company that came out with the slogan that was first shared on the radio broadcast. And it became one of the most memorable, the most enduring slogans of our time. And you might remember that the company was Hallmark and the slogan was, when you care enough to send the very best. Well, guess what? God's Christmas card or message to us is through one of the most memorable, enduring passages of Scripture in all of God's Word. is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. So we must strive to have that love in our hearts because that's the message of Christmas, that God would become flesh in the form of a tiny baby and come to us to grow to be a man and at age 33 go to an old rugged cross and die a criminal's death, and then be raised three days later to show we have victory over death and sin. May our love for God and others be priority. But then secondly, may it be practiced. It says, above all, love each other deeply. How easy is it for you to love people? (laughs) Especially those people that have hurt you or wronged you or, or done something to you, a family member. I've told you all the families that have not spoken when the inheritance didn't go as planned or the will was not as you had hoped and families don't speak because they didn't get the stuff that they thought they deserved and I've said it over and over, you can't take stuff with you anyway. It's just stuff. People are more important than things, than stuff. And I've shared over and over that Jesus taught his disciples when he was washing their feet in the upper room, and I maybe shared this within the last two weeks, he was trying to teach them servant heart and servant spirit. And he said in verses 34 and 35 of John chapter 13, he said, a new command I give you, you should love one another as I have loved you, so you must Love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's so important that we love each other. Paul said in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9, he said about brotherly love, we do not need to write you because you have been taught by God to love each other. And so we have a responsibility as followers of Christ to love people because he first loved us, even those difficult people. Some of y'all are going to be around some family members this week probably that you haven't always seen eye to eye or gotten along with. But don't ruin it for everybody else. You be as kind and as loving as can be. And if you feel like you're losing your cool, then take a walk outside. Or, or maybe stop and pray or or just separate for the moment the situation so as not to make it a stressful, difficult time for your family. But there's many ways that we can show love to one another. I want to share with you a few ways that this church has tried to show love in these past few weeks. Many of you already have heard me share about Operation Christmas Child when so many of our families and Folks gathered downstairs where we filled 1,132 shoeboxes with Christmas gifts for children uh, that wouldn't otherwise would not experience Christmas across the world. Praise God that we were able to show the love of Jesus by giving them these shoeboxes of gift. Two Sundays ago, we took up an offering for the Manna House, that's our food pantry, which is across the street, and just there in a in a. A Sunday and Sunday evening we collected nearly $4,500 to help buy food to go toward the food pantry where so many people in our community, our own community, are hungry and starving for food. I'm so thankful and blessed that just a weekend ago we had our legacy banquet. This was a banquet where our deacons invite widows and widowers to come and And then they're served food because we know that the holidays, Christmas, is hard when you lose a spouse. So, our deacons and some of our children served food to these special folks in our church to show the love of God. I'm so grateful we have a a grief share ministry in this church that helps people that are grieving of all ages. And then they did one evening, Surviving the Holidays so that people could be encouraged and know how to get through those difficult times like Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever the holiday may be to give encouragement and to show love. On almost a daily basis, our church, through our benevolence offering, give to people not only in this church but more times than not outside this church who can't pay their rent or can't pay their utilities or are struggling to make it financially. We help them. In Jesus' name, we're given a cup of cold water to share the love of Jesus Christ. At the end of the service today, we're going to be taking up a Christmas offering, Lottie Moon Christmas offering, where 100% of this offering will go to support international missionaries that are sharing the light and love of Jesus all over the world, where otherwise they might not hear the message. That's to support foreign and international missionaries so they can know Jesus Christ. And then just last Sunday night, we had several of our children to go Christmas carol to shut-ins or elderly people. And I'm so grateful that one of our uh, senior adults who volunteers at the Cross Center, called me over to her this past week. And she said, Todd, I want to tell you, and I'll tell you who it was. It was Sue Ann McCullum. (laughs) Sue Ann McCullum said, Todd, I had the sweetest thing this past Sunday night that happened to me. I said, well, what, what happened? She said, my doorbell rang, and there were these beautiful children singing Christmas carols to me. And she said, now, I've had people to Christmas carol to me before. But she said, I have to tell you, this was the sweetest and best of them all. Because not only did they sing, she said, afterward, some of the children came up and gave me a, a big hug. And she said, one of them was your little girl. And I'm like, Shh, I'm glad she was one of them <laughs> that came up and hugged. But I said, because they were showing you their love for you. She said, well, it made my Christmas. I want to ask you, what can you do this week, this Christmas, to show your love for somebody? You know, a little goes a long way. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's inviting someone, you know, to get coffee or cake or pie or, or sending a, a text or a phone call or, or stopping off the see somebody. that? Just the little act of love, just a little bit of your time might make someone's Christmas a little bit sweeter, a little bit better, a little bit brighter. We are to love each other deeply. And then lastly, because love covers over a multitude of sins. I'm going to call this precious. Love covers over a multitude of sins. You know what's precious? It's God's grace. You know what God's grace is? Is love in action. That's God's grace. God's love in action. And I pray that we would all understand we are recipients of God's grace. The Bible says, For all of sin, I'm falling short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So we all need God's grace, don't we? We all need that grace. And when you hear the words precious, many times we think about when you see a baby, oh, aren't they precious? They're just precious, baby. Or we might think this flower is precious. Oh, it's so nice, precious. Or or you might say this gift, this sweater, it's just precious. Thank you so much. It's, It's so precious. We might say time is precious. Time is so precious. Handle with prayer and care, but many times we don't think about the blood of Jesus being precious. But 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 9, it says, For the precious blood of Jesus, a lamb without blemish or defect, redeemed us from a way of emptiness or an empty life, that we have been redeemed by the precious Blood of Jesus Christ from an empty life. And I'm so grateful for that precious gift of Jesus and his blood when he died on that old rugged cross. Now think about what Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.32 when he says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. I say it all the time. One of the hardest things for me and for us as Christians is to forgive people when they've hurt us or wronged us. Would you not agree that's one of the hardest things to do is to forgive people when maybe you didn't deserve it or you didn't feel like you didn't even know why they did this or why they said that, and yet I've said this too. If we don't get the vertical right, how do we expect the horizontal relationships to be right? If we don't get right with the Lord this way, then don't expect Him to bless this way. So first thing, we must get it right with Him and then get it right with others. And that's hard. I'm speaking from experience. It's hard that we are as followers of Christ to try to ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness, and then to be willing to forgive others even Maybe when they've not asked, when Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. I'll challenge you to forgive somebody this Christmas. (laughs) I want to close by sharing, I told you it was a gauntlet of funerals this past week. It was on Tuesday that I was doing uh, Jim Garrison's father's funeral, Ronald Garrison, and Kelly and I were honored to be able to go have a prayer with him at the hospital before he passed. He was on a ventilator and um, but we were able to to pray with him and he he opened his eyes when when I talked to him and I, I feel like he heard the prayer I know the Lord heard the prayer and and we got to pray with the the garrison family and and then they've been members of south elkhorn baptist for like 52 years or something and their pastor was going to be out of the country and so i was humbled that the garrison family who are members here asked me to do that funeral service so i i did and i have to tell you i was just going through all kinds of emotions because we had lost so many i've said it over and over when you love much you hurt much when you lose people it takes its toll a part of you dies when somebody you love dies. And so as as I was there, we were doing a service in the chapel at Sunset Cemetery. They were gonna play three songs. I had I had no idea what songs they were. The the young lady that worked at the funeral home said, We have three songs. Where would you like them? I said, Well, let's start with one, do one in the middle, and we'll do one at the end. And she said, Okay, that that's easy, that sounds good. So she had a little iPad there and she was over to the side and she was playing some beautiful hymns and music and after I finished my part in the the prayer, then the third song she played came on and I I looked up and and it and the Lord was ministering to me through it because it was one that I had learned as a child I remember my dad leading it and singing it, my mom playing it and Anyway, it was just encouraging to me. And so I looked up about the song because I was just curious about its history. And I I looked up that the writer, James Rowe, wrote it in 1912. And uh, he was from England. And uh, he had worked on the railroad and then uh, switched jobs later in life. But he wrote it, and it was based on Matthew 14. And it was the story when the disciples were on the boat and Jesus was up on the mountain praying. And a storm came, a tempest came, and they were terrified. And so Jesus, do you remember, went walking on the water toward his disciples. And Peter, the one that wrote the scripture that we read today, Peter, who would often speak before thinking, Peter said, they were afraid, and Jesus said, Don't be afraid, it is I. And Peter said, If it's you, Lord, tell me to come to you. And Jesus said, Come. And y'all remember the story? Peter got out of the boat, and he too began to walk on the water. And when he saw the, the wind and the waves began to crash, what happened? He began to sink, and he was afraid. And then Jesus took out his hand and he lifted Peter up and brought him safely into the boat. I love that story, and it's a great example that when we take our eyes off Jesus is when we begin to sink. When we allow the world to take priority in our lives, when we get caught up in all the junk around this is when we begin to sink. But through the great love of God, he begins to lift us up. And he wrote this song in 1912. And I invite you, if you know it, to sing it with me. I was sinking deep in sin Far from a peaceful shore Deeply Stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, Love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. May we pray. God, we're so grateful that when our strength is not enough, when we get down, when we get discouraged, when we feel like giving up, when we feel like throwing in the towel, your love lifts us. And Lord, we know that you save everyone who will call upon your name. everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus, your word tells us, will be saved. Lord, would there be someone here today that's never accepted your love and your grace? And I think about, Father, what Rick Warren said grace was. It stands for God's riches at Christ's expense. Father, we are so thankful that you blessed us abundantly at the expense of your son, Jesus. Lord, would there be some folks today that would admit and confess their sin, ask for your forgiveness, invite you to come into their hearts, and Father, that they would receive your grace, that they would repent. That means to have a change of heart and mind and direction and begin to walk in newness of life, that the old would be gone and the new would come, Lord, maybe there are others that need to make a commitment, Father, a rededication of their lives, and they might begin to to live the life that you would have them to live. Maybe they gave their lives to Jesus a long time ago, but their life has not reflected you, and they've been living like the world lives, when yet we are called to be strangers, aliens, foreigners in this world. We're to be different than the world because this isn't home. We're on our way home. Lord, may someone come today to recommit their life to you. Or Lord, maybe some folks feel like this is home, uh, their church home, and, and they want to unite with this imperfect church that's trying to fulfill your perfect plan. Oh, God, give us the boldness and the courage to come and that we would follow your lead even now in Jesus name. Amen. I'm going to invite you at this time to stand if you're in this place. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and prompting your heart, it'd be my joy, my honor to pray with you. However, the Spirit leads, whatever your decision. And if you're watching, please contact us if we can speak with you, pray with you about your decision, but won't you come as we sing together where he leads. I mean, I'm so thankful and excited to introduce to you this young man who comes giving his heart and life to Jesus Christ, making his public profession of faith. I'm going to ask Jace Harris, and Angela, you come up here with him too, his grandmother Angela. This fine young man is Jace Harris, and he came forward today and prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come into his heart to be his Lord and Savior. And he is such a polite young man. He was yes, sir, and no, sir, and yes, sir. And, and Jace, when you give your life to Jesus like you've just done, it's the greatest decision that any of us can ever make because it's the only one that lasts forever. Everything else is temporary. This is eternal. So we're so happy for you and so proud of you. And I know you want to pledge your love and prayers to Jace and his family by letting it be known by saying amen and applause. So happy for you. Bless you, buddy. Happy for you all. And Jason, I'm going to ask you and Angel if you don't mind after the service to join me out in the foyer so people can just welcome you into God's family. Is that okay? Well, amen. If you don't mind to have a seat right now, thank you all at the end of the service if you would join me. I forgot this at the early service. Thank you all for being here today. It's Lottie Moon Christmas offering in a few moments. If you've come prepared, if you have not, that's okay. Uh, We're going to be back here Wednesday night. We're having our fellowship meal and prayer meeting up here. Fellowship meal at 5, meal or prayer meeting at 6. And then Christmas Eve, we're having a service at 5, and we'll also take communion. Then Christmas morning, we're having service at 10 o'clock, one 10 o'clock service. No Sunday school, no early service. And I want to clear up something. And when I refer to saying these services are identical, the message will be the same. There's going to be maybe some different music, people leading the music, but the message will be the same. So you don't have to come to both unless you just really want to. And I invite you to come either at 5, let's fill this place, Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. Wouldn't that be awesome? And just uh, have a beautiful, it will be an abbreviated service, it won't be lengthy, um, but we'd love for you to come celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior and take communion together. So I hope you'll join us for a very special service. But as we close out again, Tim, thank you for being here. Ladies, thank you all for playing Worship team, thank you all so much. But as we close out today, if you've come prepared to give to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering, we'll start on this side of the church and this side of the balcony, and you can make your way down the aisle, drop off your gift, and then make your way on out. And this will be our benediction. It'll be a choral benediction. We're going to sing ourselves out of here. And then after this section, this section, this section, and then over here, or however you want to go, or you can just go do it however you want. But anyway, <laughs> but trying to give you a little direction that you would come starting out over this way, and then drop it in, and go down that aisle, and then this section down this aisle, this section that way, and then you all back out. Yes, thank you, Tim. Another way that a family has shown love, thank you for reminding me, so I forgot something in both services. As you came in today, if you came through the front doors, you saw a picture of one of our members, Tommy Lippert. His family, as a token of their love for us, has made up some Bible markers or book markers uh, to give as a token of their love and appreciation for all the love and prayers shown to the Lippert family and their loss. And so as you're leaving, please take one because it's a, it's a way that they are showing their love back and also you'll read that when you shake hands or hug somebody, think about Tommy, who was always doing it out there in the foyer as well. So thank you for reminding me um, and thank you for being here today. We'll start with this side and if you all want to come at this time, we'll start our Lottie Moon Christmas off and we'll sing a closing song. If I don't see you on Wednesday, Saturday or Sunday, Merry Christmas and God bless you. We love you, and God loves you too. Okay, Jace.